What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 76 of the Whatnots Review Show. Uh, th this week, we are going to be talking about Stumptown Volumes 1 and 2, uh, but we will get to that in just a sec. In the meantime, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Hi. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, Kyle. How have you been this week? My week has been pretty good. Um, I'm I'm trying to train myself to wake up earlier, and it is not oh. working. Mm -hmm. It is it is not. How a early thing. do you need to wake up? Uh, for this whole next week, I need to be at work by nine, which means I need to wake up at seven thirty to catch the bus to get there on time. Uh, and it is not happening. So, because <laughs> I, I, I like look, I knew this was gonna be tough. Uh huh. Because I am not a morning person at uh -huh. all. And so I, I, I was like, all right, this weekend, I will get myself up early. It'll be fantastic. I'll be tired Saturday night. I'll be tired all day Sunday. But by time Monday comes, I should be good to go, right? S woke up yesterday at 7 30, turned off my alarm and said, nope. <laughs> and then went yeah. right back to bed. <laughs> yeah, live while you can. Yeah, exactly. And I did the same thing this morning. <laughs> so oh well <laughs> what are you up up to uh i did get up early yesterday Ooh. yeah Coming yeah uh not for anything i just like after we finish recording on friday i'm just like i'm done uh n no more night for me thanks so i just curled into bed and i just went to sleep pretty early so i was up at like eight on Saturday, which is just like an hour or two earlier than normal. And I got okay. a bunch of housework done. Nice. I bought a Swiffer. I really cleaned my floors. I organized things. My podcast desk is looking all right. I hung up a shelf and I put art on the shelf. Nice. Being very domestic this weekend. Fantastic. That's one of the things that I want to do with the wall behind me is mm -hmm. get some like posters something though i guess you could only see the bottom half of them from what yeah. i can see on on the camera but yeah still that's it's good it's mm. good it's nice uh let's see if you didn't know ladies and gentlemen each week here on the whatnots review show we have a different story to talk about it could be a comic book a manga a movie a tv show something else uh we rate it watch it and do what we have to do then come back here and talk about it uh Stumptown. Mm -hmm. One and two is what we picked this this week. I, I was hoping you would pick this one when I pitched it. Um and it, it it turns out this was also kind of on your radar or someone had mentioned yeah. it to you. Uh and then you saw it and was like, that is a Kyle ass book. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a crime comic, which is your type of entertainment. <laughs> exactly. I, I love crime shows and detective fiction and stuff like that. So this has actually been on my radar for a while, uh, especially since it's written by Greg Rucka, who I really enjoy his his work. Um, but I wanted to pitch this one because uh, the day that this episode goes live there is a tv adaption that they have been making of 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 this comic and it is airing on abc ah same day so perfect timing yeah i'll have to that check that out did this stuff yeah i i don't actually have 
cable, so maybe I can check it out on Hulu the next day. Mm -hmm. Something we'll see. But uh, I'm excited for, for it nonetheless. So w when I pitched this to you, and I mentioned it was a crime comic, I mentioned I really liked the writer, uh, I think I, I just did the, like, uh, comicsology, like, here's what this book is about. Mm -hmm. what, what were you envisioning in, in, in your head? I had already given this comic a Google, and I was intrigued that the basic synopsis I had gotten was a little different than the one you had read me. Interesting. Like, the synopsis I read talked about her brother, and the one you read didn't talk about her brother, but did talk about her love life. Huh. It's like, oh, there must be a lot going on here if there's different ingredients that get mentioned in different synopses for this sure. story. So it... it mentioned her brother as in like hey here's a detective with a brother that she has to take care of yeah. because he has down syndrome yeah i think and it uh, i don't know if it was very detailed i think it just mentioned she has a a brother she takes care of it wasn't okay. specific but then gotcha. you read me a synopsis it's like cool bisexual detective and i'm like that wasn't in the one i read <laughs> right <laughs> there's so much to this lady ba badass bisexual detective <laughs> with a gambling problem <laughs> here she is solving crimes was included in my synopsis instead of being gay and doing crimes she's gay and solving crimes <laughs> um yeah so i i i didn't really know what to expect with this book i i all i knew is that it was a crime comic and that was it uh, mm -hmm. so when i read you that synopsis that was the first that i had heard besides that just because it, it was only on my radar because i knew the writer and was like hey i like his stuff that was it. <laughs> What's he most well known for? Because I don't think I've ever read anything from him, but I've definitely heard the name a lot. Done anything with him? I don't think we have. Um, he's 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 written uh, Gotham Central. Okay. Uh, which I I think I've pitched that before on the show, or at least mentioned it. Is that a school one? Uh, no, that is Gotham Academy. Okay. Oh, this is the <laughs> police department police one. Department. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's also written a book called Lazarus, which is mm -hmm. like a post-apocalyptic. Uh, the nation is now divided into like six or seven different sections. Each is run. Each has like a like a main uh, like cash crop sort of thing except they're not all crops like one is military one is pharmaceuticals yeah. and stuff like that but then there's certain people um that uh can like die and come back to life hence the book being called yeah. lazarus and stuff like that um what else is another good crime book um let's see he's written a bunch of batwoman i remember okay. that okay uh, action comics, Batwoman, Detective Comics. Um, doom to doom. Let's see what else is on here. I guess I will mention in, in a sec Queen and Country. Uh huh. Um, we'll get back to that one in a sec here. He also did. Where is it? What's it called? It's it's a crime comic. 
and someone out there ah <laughs> here it is it's called black magic is another mm-hmm. one of his books it's him and nicholas scott uh and it's again it's a crime comic with witches ah <sighs> yeah that's pretty sweet um Oh, and, and uh, he was on a recent run of Wonder Woman. Okay. So you and I didn't cover it, but I think me and Paul did on an episode of the Whatnots podcast back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I was excited to read this. Let's get into a short synopsis. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into housekeeping spoilers. Uh, so th- this follows a badass bisexual detective <laughs> who has to take care of her brother at at, at home. <laughs> and she has a gambling problem. Yes. Her name is Dex Parios. She lives in Portland, Oregon. Stumptown is a nickname for Portland mm-hmm. because uh, this was a town that grew very fast. And so they were chopping down all of these trees to make all of these houses. And they were planting new trees, but they couldn't get there fast enough. So there was just a period of time in the whatever hundreds where the stumps. town was just full of tree stumps. <laughs> That's fascinating. Um, yeah, so she... The, her, the, so we read volumes one and two. I think to mm-hmm. date there are only three volumes. Oh. Uh, so we, we, we almost read... All of it. Uh, But the first volume covers one case. The second volume covers another case. Mm -hmm. They end up being a little bit more connected than she she realizes. Um, But the first case, she has to find a missing girl. Uh, She is hired by the owner of the casino that she has racked up a huge Mm-hmm. gambling debt at to go find her granddaughter mm-hmm. uh, and so she she goes to find her and get her back she gets mixed up with with ms13 uh, which is a which is a big gang um and actually fun fact where i grew up in virginia there was a big ms mm. Thirteen presents, um, but uh, yeah, it's just she gets mixed up and stuff like that. And volume two is a case uh, about uh, a missing baby, except it's not a baby in in what you would think it is. It's a <laughs> band member who has lost her guitar, and she wants to get it back. And you're probably saying, "Well, that seems like a lame case." more to it than meets the eye just like transformers <laughs> um yeah do, do you want to add anything else to synopsis stuff ah uh, those that mostly covers it it's just her dealing with her brother her friend on the police force and uh the various people involved in the cases i think we're still growing a cast of supporting characters so that that's yeah. mostly it yeah i i think even though there's only three volumes out right now, I, I, I think he has a number of cases planned and, and stuff like that. He mentions that in, in the back of the books. 
uh, from time to time. He's like, I, I have more stories. Yeah. I just don't think he's gotten, he's gotten time. Certainly seems busy. Network. Yeah. Yeah. I like these two cases. I like that the first one is more straightforward, more noir flavored classic pi thing a little bit more dramatic in the second one it's rockstar loses her cherished guitar is a little quirkier it's a little bit i mean there's still plenty of danger and seedy characters but it's like a little bit of a lighter story yeah it seems much more less classic crime noir yeah more like it it that that second one specifically really made me feel like I was in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, with with that book because it has the like Nirvana grunge rock kind of thing going on, but it's this kind of unorthodox crime story that's going on there. So there you go. Uh, I, 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 I just want to say before we move on to housekeeping, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just a good bite size. Hey, if you want a, a quick crime story, you know, here, here you go. You can read volume one. I, I felt like you could also kind of pick up in volume two and just read that. It's, it's neat that each yeah. volume is its own case. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 do end up connecting a little bit by the end, uh, which is kind of what I'm excited to see from the TV show of how they're gonna start weaving all of this together, and if they will have that big overarching yeah. plot there. Let's get into housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Last week, here on the Whatnots Review Show, we covered Rubber. (laughs) Do do you want to tell them about that one? Rubber is a movie about a tire that gains sentience and the ability to make things explode with his mind. So it's about a tire rolling around a desert community on a killing spree. And then there's a group of people on a hill watching him with binoculars as the sort of like weird meta audience it's a weird movie but it's absolutely delightful (laughs) it is it is wild we enjoyed that a lot it was a lot of fun to get to talk about that one Mm -hmm. it is the perfect movie to put on when you really don't want to think about anything oh yeah or you're at a party and you just want to put something on in the background because it's stupid fun and you're and you're drunk or something like that it is perfect for that uh let's see we just recorded an episode of the captain's log uh in which we learned facts about virginia And that may seem boring at first until we learned about the sexual energy of Virginia. (laughs) We didn't learn it. We we discovered it. We discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about weird Virginia facts. And also we talked about other podcasts we like to listen to. Yes. Yes, we did talk about that as well. Um. Let's see, I we haven't had a new episode of it in a while, but I also want to give a shout out to our 
uh, other podcast, the Reactor Core. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can find our our podcast just by searching the whatnots wherever you get your podcasts, and our shows will come up. Uh, you can find out more info at thewhatnots.com. And patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us. You can get access to the live streams of this show. And you can be mm-hmm. watching it live with us. Um, let's see. We also have exclusive content at the $3 tier. We just recorded a fantastic episode yes. of uh, the Captain's Lullahog that is Patreon exclusive. And we found out which Sailor Moon Scouts we are. <laughs> And it was a lot of fun. The results may su- surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but enough of housekeeping for now. Uh, let's get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. There we go. You know what I forgot to do? I forgot what? to do our social media thing. So I'm going to hit that button too. So our, our, our social things can, can pop up on screen. Uh, so Melissa... Yes. Where do you want to start with this book? <laughs> what stood uh, out to you? Uh, I want to talk about its use of setting. Sure. Because I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything set in Portland besides Portlandia, which okay. is very different. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a number of things set in the like Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I don't think they say exactly. Yeah. Or I, I guess I also just finish watching I Z- zombie which is in seattle but mm-hmm. yeah go. like i've also seen things in the general pacific northwest but mm-hmm. not portland specifically yeah and we don't oh we don't see terribly much of it in these two books which is a weird thing to say i mean like she doesn't go anywhere else it's not like these are bottle stories where she's inside a building the whole time she's out and about there but did you get a lot of flavor of the city itself in the comics um i not not to my liking mm. if, if if that makes sense. like like you said i don't think it was enough to really explore the city but I, I feel like it was enough to really just be like, hey, we're set in Portland. And I was like, all right, cool. And then <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and it might just be something where I don't have enough firsthand experience to recognize all the things it's putting in that are so clearly Portland. Sure, yeah. Like, there's a lot of personality there. And I think if I wasn't told it was Portland, I might still be able to target it towards, yeah, I think it's the Northwest. But I don't know. Like, I don't know how much of it is like, we are very clearly here and we are nowhere else. We've got this and you could never have this element if it was set in a different city. Yeah. So the but. the the things that stood out to me in terms of like, uh, hey, this is in Portland or at least the Pacific Northwest is the casinos. Are, are, are there a lot of casinos where you live? There are a lot of casinos, but the casino, she's. They're a fun time. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been in one, like on yes. a vacation or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good, good. I think they're fun. I don't go to them often, but I think they're fun. Just bright lights and glitz and, you know, really sweet cocktails and things like that. Right. We do have casinos, but we do not have any 
American Indian casinos like she goes to. And I did like that combination. Like we've all, whether we've been to one or not, we've all heard of American Indian casinos and, you know, the casino connection is something that shows up in like crime stories a lot, but I had not yet before seen those two things put together. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of examples out there. I probably just just haven't gotten to them, but yeah, (laughs) this might be run of the mill for somebody else, but I did like that. That was something fresh for me. I wish we would have seen more of it in these first two volumes. Yeah, because they, it's, speaking of how the book was described differently from to to you and me, the the one thing, yeah, like, I I kind of expect the description of the book to be indicative of things that are reoccurring in in the actual series. And we only really get mention of her gambling problems within the first couple pages and then that's it yeah it is really see much of it it's the setup to case one and soon she's embroiled in the case and she's doing it for the sake of the case and no longer for the sake of this will pay off my gambling debts so it really is just an initial setup and then it doesn't follow through with it like i would have liked to have seen any other indication that this is a problem she has. Cause it also does not, it's, I mean, if you have a gambling problem, it's not like, Oh, I paid off all my debts. I'm done trying to gamble anymore. It's like, no, she wouldn't be back there. Even if she's not back at that casino, you might see her buy a lotto ticket or bet on a sports game or something like that. I would imagine again, not having firsthand experience with any of this. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if in volume three and as these sto- stories mm-hmm. start to get more connected, if that will come up ag- again, because we see uh, this Moreno character, like the the, the cases are are starting to uh, be connected, and she's starting to be a th- a thorn in his side. So I'm wondering if he's going to start taking more note of her and her ha- habits and somehow using that and manipulating it. If, 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 if that will somehow become a problem down the road. Yeah. And I really like, um, Sue Lin, who's the head of that casino. Mm-hmm. And I think that's connected to a series of other casinos. So who are her contemporaries? Who are her colleagues at those other places? She's an interesting. She's a lot more benevolent than Moreno is. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see, see her come back as some sort of power figure throughout these stories. Speaking of connections, mm-hmm. um, this this comic Stumptown. It says here, uh, blah blah blah, featuring a. It takes place in the same continuity as Rucka's novel Fistful of Fistful of of Rain and Atticus Kodiak novels by the virtue of sharing minor characters so I'm looking up Atticus Kodiak on Wikipedia and it says Atticus is the fictional protagonist of a series of novels written by Greg Rucka. Uh, the series concerns uh, Atticus's career as a professional bodyguard. Mm. Uh, so let's see. Is where's is 
Fistful of Rain in this one. Fistful of Rain, 2003, stars Miriam Mim. Baraka, a rock star with a troubled past who returns home from a tour to have her life derailed by a stalking voyeur and a murder. Rebecca has revealed uh, there is a very oblique link between critical space and fistful. So oblique, in fact, just about everyone in the world missed it, I think. So the Kodiak universe is, in fact, the same universe as Mim Baraka's. And she's the client in the second volume of these comics. Interesting. Neat. Yeah, they talk about all the stuff she's been through and it didn't seem to me like, you know, little footnote, read about this previous adventure in this novel, true believers. It seemed like it was just natural backstory for this character. Yeah. It's, it's neat though, that he's kind of building up his own world there. And like, I I love when writers do stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Or, or like reuse characters and and stuff like that. It's like, oh my god, it's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about the setting. I imagine that's also set there in Portland or the nearby Pacific Northwest. And the first volume has an introduction, I think, by Matt Fraction. Did you read that? I he- read the first like paragraph, and then I was just like, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I. Don't always want to read a like a big long forward to something I have never read before. Like yeah. I want to read it and then go back once I have some context and then I always forget to go back to it. But I did start reading it and he talks about how when he started reading these comics, he had been in the Pacific Northwest, like he'd been in Portland and he's like, this is so absolutely true. Yeah. And so I know there's got to be something like a real embodiment of the setting within these stories, but I think it's using things that like I can't identify as. Oh, that's classically Portland. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I skipped the forward, and I was really interested in the stuff at the back of, of yeah. each issue. But I also didn't read that because again, I was not in the mood. My brain was just like, no, not today. Um, one of these go ahead uh, at the end of the first volume there's a lot of promotional materials that they created for when they were first selling this comic and one of it is uh, it's a page from the yellow pages it's like business listings for private detectives Mm -hmm. and there's a big ad for Dex on there but you'll look at all of the other names and phone numbers that are included around it and they are all other famous fictional detectives that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot they yeah they had uh I I I saw they had like a package of like promotional materials one was a like a a small miniature comic that you had to read with a magnifying glass which they in included in in this thing added no 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 at a normal size but it would have been fantastic to actually have that little small comic and the detective magnifying 
go ask that would have been a joy to mm -hmm. pick up and just be like this is so fun <laughs> um so let's talk about the first case yeah case number one she's hired to go find the granddaughter of the casino owner uh and she it's 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 kind of a so the, the, what what I liked about it is it started in the middle of the case. Yeah. Um, which is a fairly common thing for books to start with the action in media mm -hmm. res. Um, but it it is one of those things where she gets shot and you don't know what happens. So you don't know if that's the very end of the case yeah. or something like that. Uh, but it turns out it's only like halfway in and she had on a vest. Uh, mm. That I think was a good start, a good introduction to the character because uh, she, she's still like she almost had this like knowing sense of just like, oh, this is going to be a rough night. Right? Mm -hmm. Like she, she knows she's not actually going to die, but it's just this uh, this attitude this attitude that she she has that really shines through uh that i that i that i think helped give dex some 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 good character mm -hmm. uh but then she she goes to the missing girl's house and that's kind of how things really get started where she starts getting mixed up in the stuff because that's where she meets the people that shoot her <laughs> yeah um what did you think of those two characters i don't remember their names it was like God, it, brad it, and something let me see if i can oh one of them. them's called like the whale and the other one just says you know brad and the whale it's just just some man name i don't know let's see it, I, forward that fraction i i did i did appreciate how they're just sort of thug guys right. like they're very normal looking like burly 50 year old men <laughs> yeah like there's n there's a lot about these stories that do feel very naturalistic which i like like none of the villains are like cartoony in any regard no i don't think so mm-hmm I really like, uh, it is Moreno, right? That that crime boss in the first book? Yes. I liked him a lot. I just like the way he's set up. I love his mansion that's like on a hill, like overlooking the ocean. And it's got that big pool where his mm. daughter's swimming around. And he has this telescope. And he's always like looking out at the horizon with this telescope. Which yeah. is great, like. That's a classic villain accoutrement. I, I dig that a lot. I've, I've seen lots of things like that, but I don't think I've seen exactly that. It it kind of gives you this ominous feeling, but he's yeah. one of those crime bosses that it's like, we all kind of know you're up to something, but we don't know what exactly, and we yeah. can't really tie you down to mm. it. But just this idea of him kind of looking out at the horizon or at the stars there is this like sense of longing for opportunity yes which which is is 
yeah, exactly what a businessman would would want, right? He like he wants mm-hmm. what is on the horizon. He wants what's next. He wants the next big thing. He wants riches and he wants the stars. He wants it all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's I think having the telescope like if that is so observant that it is ominous like he he can all he's always watching you you can he can see you no matter how far away you get but a telescope is also it's a tool of learning like there's something noble to a telescope oh i think it's a very nuanced prop and habit that he has yeah it, 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 it is i'm showing a couple of the pages on the youtube version and yeah he's out out there Looking at his telescope, his daughter's swimming in the pool. He's just like, it's a great view. Mm-hmm. You do, cause yeah, it's 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 one of those ones where he he seems like he's hands off for most mm-hmm. of the operations. He's not the one giving his hands dirty, and sometimes those are. Not the creepiest, but the scariest ones. Yes. Because it's so, like, it's one of those things, it's like, I know it's you. I yeah. know it. But I, I just, I can't get you. Yeah, get, if get your you. own hands aren't dirty, it's so much harder for me to pin something on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, his daughter and his son? The the two, we, we kind of deal with them mostly in 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 this book. I I think I like the daughter just as part of a classic noir element. She's got kind of that femme fatale. Like she steps sure. out of the pool in the bikini and she's flirting with Dex. And then later she's like, oh, I was just flirting with you to throw off dad's bodyguard who I know has the hots for me and I don't like him. Maybe the bodyguard is Atticus in disguise. <laughs> dun, dun. Who knows? Yeah, she felt very classic to me and just sort mm-hmm. of a, I don't know. A warm sense. way like there's things that are hackneyed and there's other things that are like ah oh, yes uh, a pivotal part of the genre tropes yes there exactly. it is yeah. comforting to see yeah. <laughs> and i did kind of like that the son wanted to be a crime boss and the dad's like god no no you're not good at this just go do something else please like no, he's dad, i can do it put me in coach <laughs> <laughs> it's less of oh my son the failure and more of Please just go. Dad's working. Dad's working. Go sit down somewhere. Just get out of this. Just stay away. What do you want to do? You want any other job? I'll pay for you to have any other job. Just you're not good at this. Let me do it. Yeah, which is is kind of where the story ends up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it is this uh this feud kind of between the daughter and the son. Yeah, the son thinking he is the heir to the. Th- Therones, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, yeah, like you said, he's not good at, at it. Turns yeah. out the daughter is, but she's mm-hmm. like, she's also a woman, and mm-hmm. it's very much a kind of thing where they don't want a woman to be head of the crime family, so she's never gonna get that mm-hmm. job. So it's this like in hiding between them that they uh found out they could use the the granddaughter of the casino owner and now they're bickering over her 
Yeah. Like, who, who can bring the best gift to father? I also like that the crime of this entire story is that the granddaughter is a anthropology student mm-hmm. and she's going to these local like cultural dig sites. Belongs and in a museum. <laughs> and that's what this crime son is doing. He's like using his connection with her to sneak in there and steal these cultural artifacts that he's trying to steal. I like there was just a nice change from it being like drugs or jewelry or something like yeah. that. It's like, yes, I am selling ancient American Indian pottery on the black market. Yep. Yeah. I mean, hey, that might be one of the the things that is like, hey, this is a hundred percent Portland. This yeah. is what happens here. You yeah. will find someone in a dark trench c- 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 coat at night, being like, Selling "Hey, you, you want to buy some pottery? You want an arrowhead? I got it all, man. Come on, dude." Yeah, I did like that. I did like <laughs> we are going to use the local culture to imbue this one very specific crime. Yeah. Yeah, that that was fun. That was fun. I liked it a lot. Um, surprisingly, I we, we don't see him much, but I actually like the bodyguard that is is at at the 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 house because mm-hmm. after the daughter and I I don't remember her name. Um, when she's kind of flirting with Dex, uh, and 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 then she, Dex says she's uh perky i can mm-hmm. dig that and he's he's just like you don't want to dig that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's just like nope run away <laughs> run far away yeah and that's all all always see of him <laughs> i liked him uh do you want to talk about the b- brother prime or brother the, or um, the, the dexes Oh, yeah, I liked Ansel. He's very sweet. He's I'm very intrigued to learn more about him and Dex and their past and like yeah. who their parents were. Because yeah, the they, they really don't. Yeah, they um, don't seem to be in the picture at all. And there's the. Hmm? I was going to ask, who's the guy that she gets to come over and Gray. help her out? Gray was my favorite character. Because I, I, I want to know what their kind of relationship is. When, when we read uh, She-Hulk yes. uh, a c- c- couple of weeks ago, Pug had this, like, mm-hmm. hopeless romantic yeah. af- af- affection for She-Hulk and for Jen. And I almost got the same vibes with him, that he's kind of in love with Dex, but she's just so oblivious that, and not in like a, it's a dumb, she's not the dumb blonde kind of way, but she's so focused on work and being a yeah. private investigator that she just doesn't notice what's right in front of her. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Not that I necessarily want them to be together, but like, it's yeah. just like, oh, he's right there. I Yeah, I love this <laughs> dynamic. I like that Gray has these like big, shiny puppy dog eyes for her. <laughs> that pres- uh, it, I get the impression that they've known each other for a long time. Uh-huh. So maybe he's been like this for like, 
10, 15, 20 years consistently just always puppy dog eyes for her no matter what happens. I kind of like that quiet, sweet, polite, I'm never going to do anything with this, but that's okay. I don't necessarily need to do anything with it. Just like that quiet adoration he kind of has for her. Maybe they made out once at a party in high yeah. school or something, and he, mm-hmm. he was, he's been hooked yeah. ever since. But she's yeah, just she... like, I was drunk. I don't remember it. <laughs> no, she really does value him as a friend and, and as a, well, sh- a. Sure. I'm, I'm not as a member of the family. That, but yeah. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> she's just like, look, dude, it stops here. We are <laughs> friends. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious about them. I like. I really like that little family unit. Yeah, I I I liked Atticus. I I Ansel. Yeah. Ansel. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, dude, I'm terrible with names. I'm like, did I'm I miss so something? Bad. I don't think Atticus is in this book. I am so bad with names. I do you do that thing where you meet someone and they int- they introduce their name and just immediately after you have no idea what their name is. Yeah, I do that like, all the time. <laughs> I will do that sometimes. I'm like, it's five letters long. I don't know what five letters, but that's five letters in your name, pal. Right? Yeah. It's just like, I, 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 it was two minutes ago. How do I not remember this? We're all like, where was I? I think I know what it is, but I'll panic and be like, her name was Crystal. But what if it's Krista? Oh my God, I bet if her name is Krista, she hates being called Crystal by mistake. Am I wrong? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is her name what really if it's Crystal? it's an entirely different Krista? rock? <laughs> what if it's what why am i My thinking of rocks what if it's not a rock what if, <laughs> that's what i i do i'm terrible with names i liked ansel uh i do want to see more of him i don't I, like that's the thing like i want to see more of him i think he's a good character but i don't necessarily want to see him get involved in yeah. any of the cases because i think that would be I feel like that would be a fairly easy reach of like, hey, here's the younger brother, or just, here's the p- p- person that can't really take care of themselves like yes. they would like to. They might be a little vulnerable. Exploiting that would be a real dick move. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. But I, I just, I feel like it's too e- easy of a target. Yeah, and see, that's the thing, is that if Dex has any enemies, they would certainly go after Ansel, but that is meta-narratively like, oh, that's way too easy. Yeah, so I'm, I, like, I, he's, 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 he's good, I like him, I want to see more adventures with, 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 with him. I'd, uh, I'd like to see if there is a, a case in the future that is, like, smaller stakes that he could be involved in, like, maybe there's, like, Somebody steals the bike of the kid across the street. Well, that sounds a little too childish, but you know, just something, just a small scale, very close to home little crime that somebody wants Dex's help with, and he's along for that ride. What if, do you remember when we covered Sweetness and Lightning? Yeah. And uh, there's an episode where the father gets sick. Yes. And like, is completely bedridden. And excuse me, uh, his younger daughter is like, well, shit, I got to go take care of my dad. I got to go get medicine. Mm-hmm. And she's like a five year old. And so she just ventures out into the city 
and wants to, is just like I need to help my dad and yeah. and uh he the dad finally wakes up and his kid is gone and he's just like oh no like mm-hmm. a panic stretch start again i would like to see maybe something similar to that where I, she yeah. gets kidnapped or is indisposed in some way for a longer period of time where he panics yeah and it's just like what do i do i do, she hasn't come home in like two days i can't just keep eating cereal Right, like there needs to be something else. Something has yeah. happened. Who do I talk to? I would like that much better than like somebody, you know, harms or kidnaps Ansel to get to Dex. I would like something happens to Dex, and then it's like Ansel and Gray are on the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, something something like that would be nice. Did did b- so. Before we move on to the second case, uh, did did you think there was any kind of relationship between Dex and the police officer? I don't remember yeah. her her name again. I'm terrible oh, with names. Tracy. Yes. That's what I thought initially, because that it seems, seems like they had some kind of past. Again. I think they might just be good old friends. It seems like maybe they were exes, but I don't know if that's something within the story or if that's just what other narratives have led me to believe is most likely. Yeah. I mean, they could be very, very long ago. You know, maybe they had a crush. Bisexual detective. (laughs) Maybe they had a crush on each other when they were like 16 or something. And it's been so long ago that now they do have that very easygoing, amiable relationship. But her and the police chief... I'm I'm wondering if she used to be an actual cop and then yeah. did something to get herself fired and she was no, just like, what fuck he, it, I'm... There's I'm some sort of a reference to the fact that, like, she broke up his marriage or something like that? Do you Maybe remember she, this one? Yeah, I r- remember that. I, I just had gears g- g- yes, turning yes. in my head. Again, I'm wondering if maybe she still was a cop started sleeping with with what's his name's wife or something like that it came out it was a big whole thing she got fired and was just like i'm gonna be a private investigator Mm -hmm. that seems get up in my business (laughs) that seems likely to me yeah that's that seems like something she would do i'm looking at the pages right now where she is just completely Colouring with the doctor as she's standing there in yeah. her bra, she's like, I, "I was hoping you would cop a feel." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, he's he's taking it in in, in stride too. Like, he's he's not flirting back necessarily, but he's responding in a positive yeah, way. Like, where he's I will just go like, along maybe next time. Trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like I did like what just a good natured open flirt she is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, she's a lot of fun. And, uh, All right, let's let's move on to case number two because we've already been recording for about mm-hmm. fifty minutes or so here. Uh, case number two, Mims or Mim. Mim. Uh, yeah, Mim. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, so this 
case i w- what did you, what did you think was going on here in 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 this case cuz i as i was reading this i do the thing with, with all detective shows i I love it when I can almost solve it myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, I wonder who did it. Is it that guy? Hmm. What are his motives? Is it this person? No, it can't be them. They weren't there. You know, stuff like that. I The thing that really, really struck me as, as strange was the drummer in that. I thought he was going to be somehow more involved. He was real creepy, real shady. I'm just like, you're up to something, dude. I... What is going on there? I thought the drummer was a a social lead instead of like a plot lead. Like he is there to because he's concerned about his friend, the guitarist. And so he goes straight to deck saying, hey, I heard that she hired you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to come and see for myself. Is everything OK? Is there any information I can give you? This is kind of the deal with Mim. This is the her backstory. This is her context. Like, I just want to make sure you're really watching out for her. Like he does that. And he also has this. He is very open with her. Like, he's so, so friendly right off the bat. And it didn't read to me as, like, he's secretly wrapped up in this. He's a criminal of some kind. And more, like, flirtatious, which he is. Like, I thought it was purely, like, he's here as a potential future love interest for Dex. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, he he he. It seemed like he was a little bit flirty, not as mm-hmm. open with it, but just very sly. Yeah. With it. Um. But yeah, like I he I I didn't jump straight to oh he's the one he is the criminal he stole mm-hmm. it. Uh. I it was more like. I think he knows more than he's letting on. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, because he, he, he was very sincere in the, like, I do just want to look after Mim, like, she, for whatever their relationship is, like, she is one of my best friends, but she can kind of go off the rocker every now and then, right? Uh, so just like, I, I just want to make sure that you're actually going to help her and she's not just off on some tear that's going to end up hurting her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I felt like he knew more than he was letting I... on. And I'm wondering if he still does, especially since these cases are starting to connect. Yeah, I really don't think we're done with that band. And now that you've told me that... Mim is one of the lead characters in one of Greg Rocca's novels. The things that I saw as hints for the future might be like a nod to something that has already happened. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me like we are not done with this band because there's that lead singer who they're talking about a lot, but who we see very little of actually. Yeah. Like we see her performing at the beginning and she like storms off the stage because like the manager's trying to talk to her and like she's mad at the manager. And we get the impression that she's like very, uh, she's maybe kind of a hothead. Like she has a lot of like trysts and dalliances yeah. and is a very passionate, perhaps unreliable sometimes person, very high maintenance. Cause like Dex will be asking all these questions about Mim and they're like, oh, well, Mim wouldn't do that. The lead singer would, but you know, that's another thing. Like they keep talking about her and we really do not get to know her. Right. Do do did we 
ever find out who actually put the drugs in in the guitar case i don't remember because i i know that that was one of the remaining questions of of just like all right well we arrested these like these skinhead people or whoever it was i forget who we know that they were looking for the drugs and the guy that found them was not actually smuggling them. He just did ditched it. Who actually yeah. put them there? Did did we? No, I think that part also is missing. I think there's there's still a hint. Like we know that whatever it is is connected back to Moreno, but there is a middle link of this chain missing. Okay, so it like who is it connected to Moreno? Be the lead singer, or it could potentially be this drummer we don't know anybody else you know on that band team yeah Yeah, i did like and this was a case where we didn't have all the information we needed until the very end and as we just said we still don't have all the information we really need but there's that one roadie who like found the drugs and was like i don't know what this means but it's bad news it's got to be bad news and he just like throws the drugs in the river because he just loves the band and he wants to like watch out for his friends yeah I liked that. I like. I really need this job, man. <laughs> yeah, I like that throughout the story. No matter how many like seedy characters and crimes we run into, there's still a lot of very good people in the story. Yeah, yeah. Like it never feels overly grim, which is an interesting juxtaposition to those afterwards that Greg Rucka wrote after every one of these issues where he's talking about the general Mm -hmm. theory of the private detective art and how they live in this like wild west and they're they're out there on the edge and they're shining a light on the dark truths of society Mm -hmm. like he's describing something far more ominous than what he is actually writing i think he's getting there though yeah i i i i I think that's also partly what he's getting at is that each with each volume, we're getting deeper and deeper into this thing where Dex is eventually going to start piecing this together and being like, oh, shit, it is this Moreno guy. He is the one he there is some big not conspiracy conspiracy per se but there is some something happening here and it is a lot more ominous than we thought it might be the entire town right it might be something else right um which it is like i i kind of skimmed through i think that first afterward where he was more or less talking about their like their code the detective's code like they need to have this uh this conviction of it doesn't matter if they're a good person or bad person as mm-hmm. long as they have this specific code right they they can potentially make a good uh pi i'm that's not exactly what he yeah. said but just skimming through that's kind of what i picked up or at least some themes of what he was picking up and here here we see this private investigator who's it's she maybe doesn't have her life where she she wants it exactly she has gambling debts she has a brother that she needs to take care of she has 
little to no romantic life now, mm. right? Um, it it she it it just it seems like she's stuck. Mm-hmm. If if that makes sense, and and I I think despite what she may surround herself with and all of these problems and dangerous situations, like she's tr- trying to do some good. Yeah, despite what it may actually look like, right? Mm-hmm. So there but yeah i what did you think of the you so you mentioned an interesting point that the second case we didn't have all of the information until Mm -hmm. the end what did you think of that versus case number one where we were kind of unfolding it as it went did did you like one more than the other Uh, i think i did like i appreciate that the first case was more uh, like a more traditional sort of PI story. I did like how the I did like the second one. I like the much more unique objective of the story. I liked how there's she keeps finding all these people that are involved. Like, what are the skinheads doing here? Why is the DEA in this? Oh, now I've got the, who left the guitar at my house. Yeah. Like it was weirder. I like that it was sort of an odder case altogether. And again, there's something very naturalistic that he mm. we don't have all the pieces we need until the very end. Like we figure there is a roadie that has fulfilled some role within this whole mystery, but we don't know exactly which one until the end. Right. And we know it's him the minute we meet him. Like it's not like, oh, which one of these several people could it be? We've met them all. Which one of them is involved? It's like, uh, I think the like the drummer's like looking at a list and he's like, I think it would have been this guy, and then we go meet that guy. <laughs> right? Like, well, why don't you start your own private detective service, sir? And I, that's also something Greg Rucka says in one of these afterwards. He's like, I'm not very good, admittedly, at, like, the puzzle piece kind of element of a detective story. Interesting. He's like, I – and it's, which is true. I, I really get this fact that he's very much about, like – who is a PI? What makes a PI story in less of here's all the little different building. Like he's, he's not, he admits it's he's not the best so at setting characters up. Yeah. He's not the, the best plot. at setting up like the mousetrap game of this is everything that happened and when, and I this is when you that, know yeah. all the puzzle pieces and when you put them all together. I can see that for sure. I, yeah, I, I think he writes fantastic mm-hmm. characters. He has a, Excuse me again. I have the hiccups or something. Um, he he has a knack for writing very well written female characters, whether it's a detective or it's uh it's Wonder Woman or something like that. He always has a, a good handle on that and makes makes an effort to put the research in into all, all of, of of that which a lot of the t- time or something like that there are writers out there who are like i'm gonna write a strong female protagonist and it's it's just it's not written well right yeah it's like just, like they go from strong to tough and there's a difference between tough and resilient or sturdy 
yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like it or, goes or overreaching. Like I see what you're trying to do with like, yeah. okay, she's more in touch with her sexual n nature. I see mm -hmm. what you're going for, but you're doing it way too much, dude. Like, yeah. It's... Like there's a lot of times when strong leads to aggressive, Yeah, whether that's like battle aggressive, flirt aggressive, what have you. Like strong leads to aggressive and she has an attitude. And I like that Dex is a very good natured person who's like not overly like snarky or bitter or like. She's not the a genius baller. detective. Yeah. She's not the, yeah, she's not the overly aggressive. Well, fuck you. I'm better than all of you. Mm. I can solve this case. I don't need your, your, your help and stuff like that. She, wants to do it on her own sure mm -hmm. but that sounds like it's more personal yeah reasons it's like i want to be left alone just like don't bother me you yeah uh, but he 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 tends to be able to find that middle ground mm -hmm. but it is yeah i i now that you mentioned that i think yeah, like I, I, I end up liking the characters in his books more often um, mm -hmm. th th than I, I, I don't want to say than the actual plot because I, I do like the <laughs> plots. But yeah, like it's, yeah. it's never this big elaborate you know, figure out the puzzle pieces at the right times mm -hmm. and you can solve the case before it happens, right? It's, yeah. It is this more down to earth. Like, let's just take a look at real people. Let's just, yeah. let's, let's figure out what's going on on here. Let's, let's, let's solve the case that way instead of some grandiose cat and mouse puzzle thing that we have mm -hmm. to solve. So, it's yeah, it's definitely more, uh, I need something for this PI character to go and investigate. Then I've written this beautifully complex mystery. Now I need a detective to go figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I, mm -hmm. I do have to say, I think in terms of the way the cases play out, I liked the first one. Just, I, I like seeing everything unfold as mm -hmm. it happens rather than, it's the last issue and i still don't know what happened uh i <laughs> uh what's going on here who did this yeah. who are these guys that's the bad <laughs> guy i've never even met him who, mm -hmm. you know um but that being said i think i liked the second one more because i i had spent time with those characters yeah. and it's like oh, okay now i know who dex is i know how she's going to react i know uh who tracy the cop is and how this is all go 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 going to play out and i start to care about those characters more and what is happening with them like this idea mm -hmm. that uh in the back around dex is moving into her first official office i did that, like it's that not even really mentioned like she opened it up that day and that's when she gets her first case and mm -hmm. her room is just filled with boxes that's yeah it. um so I, I i liked seeing that stuff a, a lot because i'm like oh you're actually going somewhere with this like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't just feel like a detective 
story in the sense of uh, like, all right, we wrapped up the case. That's it. But it does have this slice of life uh, portion where, where I can see her evol evolving. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So. I don't know if I have much else to say on the book. Do, do you have something else you want to talk about no. before wrapping this up here? No, I liked it. I We only read the first two volumes. I gladly would have also read volume three. Maybe yeah. I'll find it someday. And I do really want to check out this TV series. Yeah. Starring Kobe Smulders. Mm-hmm. That should be good. Um. Melissa, if you had to recommend some stuff to other people that liked this book, what would you mm. recommend to them? We've covered other detective stories on the show before that are <laughs> that are very, very different than this. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking of Spencer and Locke and Happy. Yeah, very which different are from this. Wild, wild tales. So basically the fact that they are Detective comics is the only thing in common with them, but still, oh, that's what I was thinking of this sure. whole time. Like, oh, well, it's, it's remember happy. <laughs> this is this is so much more normal than that. Yeah, happy is more of a trip. <laughs> yes, you're yeah. you're kind of on drugs most of yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, like but... that's what I was thinking about. Like, there are stories that have like these kind of trappings of noir like spencer and Locke does or it's like uh we made the character a detective and that's really just a kind of a framework to send them on this wacky journey like in happy it yeah. was nice to read this where it's like i am sincerely committed to telling a private investigator story and i've really studied the theory of what makes a private investigator story exactly yeah this is a lot more thoughtful and sincere about it but if you just want i don't know somebody throwing on a trench coat and going to investigate something and you don't care how weird it is you could read happy or spencer and Locke. good detective sto 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 stories i believe volume two of spencer and Locke is all all out oh, yeah. now um so there 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 you go uh i would recommend jessica jones ah it, this is a a very similar story where uh, she is a private investigator. Uh, she is this woman who is not necessarily down on her luck, but just kind of doing her thing. Mm -hmm. Life maybe isn't exactly where she wants it to be, uh, but she's genuinely trying to do good in the world even though she might be an alcoholic or mm -hmm. might be this or that, you know? Um, but there, 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 there are some interesting stories in, in that. So if, if you want the Netflix show, you can absolutely watch that. Um, or if you want the comics that it is based on, uh, you should go read I I Alias, um, which is Brian Michael Bendis's uh, in introduction of jessica jones into the marvel cinematic universe i mean mm. marvel comics universe excuse me not cinematic um anything else what would i 
recommend. You like a lot of detective stuff. I do like a lot of detective stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I'm I'm t I'm too stuck on like needs to be a a woman who's a detective who's a this and that and stuff like that. And I don't think that always needs to be the case, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. case to recommend. Um, what's another good detective thing that I like? I don't know. I, I, I think Jessica J J J J Jones is the one that just sticks out. Like you have yeah, to Yeah, she's, she's quite prolific. One. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but my brain keeps going back to bad guys, vile city, but that is very different. Oh, well, uh, Go check out that stuff if you enjoyed this book, and be sure to go ch check out the premiere. See what that's yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, Melissa. Yes. It is your turn to do the pitches for what we might do next week. So I've decided to begin the Halloween season in earnest now. There we go. I think that works out, right? What's uh, Let's look at the calendar if we... Okay, well, the 29th, which means it would come out on the 2nd. So, yeah, October yeah. 2nd. That starts. Mm -hmm. Let's get started. Off. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've done some horror-related things recently. I think Rubber is categorized as a horror movie. We watched yeah. The Terror. We watched Annihilation. But now I am sincerely committed to building spooky themes of pitches every week from here till the end of October. Mm-hmm. And in our time together on this podcast, we've covered a variety of monsters. Frankenstein, okay. Wolfman, ghosts, demons, aliens, everything they put in Gravity Falls. Lots of stuff. <laughs> we have not covered a vampire. We haven't. Interesting. So, yeah, and this is my favorite of the classic monster types. So I have for you three, mo three vampire movies. Sure. And these are some some classics, some heavy hitters, and like, why not start with the big ones? Pitch number one is Bram Stoker's Dracula, the 1992 film directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This is the classic tale of Dracula. Young barrister Jonathan Harker is assigned to a gloomy village in the mists of Eastern Europe. He is captured and imprisoned by the undead vampire Dracula who travels to London, inspired by a photograph of Harker's betrothed, Mina Murray. In Britain, Dracula begins a reign of seduction and terror, draining the life from Mina's closest friend, Lucy. Lucy's friends gather together to try and drive Dracula away. So this is everything you've heard of. I think Van Helsing's in it. Uh, we got Keanu Reeves. We got Gary Oldman with his big, big hair. There you go. It's that, the classic. You gotta start with the Dracula. Okay, that's pitch number one, Bram Stoker's D D Dracula. Pitch number two is Interview with the Vampire. This one's from 1994, Good Vampire Times in the 90s. Directed by Neil Jordan, written by Anne Rice, based off her own novel. Against the backdrop of a gloomy San Francisco, the nearly two-century-old vampire, Louis de Pointe du Lac 
recounts the unbelievable story of his eternal transformation and a life worse than death to a skeptic reporter. Spanning 200 years of cruel betrayals, extreme solitude, and unquenched thirst, Lewis's grimly fascinating tale pivots around his perpetually regrettable decision to embrace the dictatorship of blood and above all his maker, the seductive blonde aristocrat of death Lestat to lie in court. I love the way this description is written. Thanks, IMDb. That, in my mind, that just, it, it started out totally fine and then just devolved into, like, gibberish. Like, I have no idea what is going on Basically, here. Basically, <laughs> okay, so uh, Brad Pitt is vampire. Tom Cruise is vampire. We follow the last, like, two centuries of their life rotating around each other in the small culture of vampires. There's many a vampire in this. Uh Kirsten Dunst, I think, is like a girl vampire, like a little girl vampire. Antonio Banderas is in it. He's always a delight. Yeah, it's just vampire. It's just like angst and like a frilly shirt and like shadows. Frilly shirts. (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly my kind of thing. Okay. Interview with a vampire. That's pitch number two. What's pitch number three? And a slightly uh, more contemporary and more casual type of vampire we see in pitch number three, What We Do in the Shadows, the movie from 2014. This is now a TV series, but I wanted to start with the movie. This movie is directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti. This follows the lives of Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav, three flatmates who are just trying to get by and overcome life's obstacles, like being immortal vampires who must feast on human blood. Hundreds of years old, the vampires are finding that beyond sunlight catastrophes, hitting the main artery and not being able to get a sense of their wardrobe without a reflection— Modern society has them struggling with the mundane, like paying rent, keeping up with the chore wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. So we have two classic angsty vampire dramas, and one just like modern slice of life, (laughs) bunch of dudes comedy where they happen to be vampires. Yeah. Um, Interesting. You threw a wrench into my decision when you mentioned Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to stick with what I originally thought, and I say we start with the classic. Yeah. Go Bram Stoker's Dracula. I also want to let you know, I went looking up horror comics last year for things I was thinking of pitching. Mm -hmm. I came across a comic adaptation of this movie done by Mike Mignola. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You don't have to do. I just thought I'd let you know this is a neat thing that's out there. If you're like, I want more of this, but I want to read it and have it look like Hellboy. You can. There you you go. Good stuff. So uh, do you know if this is streaming anywhere or? Uh, I did not look it up because okay, it's se- I'm certain it must be somewhere. And if you can't stream it online, check your local library. Yeah. It's based off a quite a famous book. I imagine they even have more than one copy of it. Sure. Sure. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, that is what we will do for next week then. Dracula by Bram Stoker's. Um, 
yeah, I'm excited for that. That will kick off our Halloween month. I'm sure we're going to be doing a bunch of horror stuff mm-hmm. uh, for for that whole month. Uh, so get excited for all the spookiness. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Melissa, where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you guys can find us at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, I mentioned all of the housekeeping stuff for most of it. So we do want to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. Uh, thank you to Sam and to Christine for helping us out uh, and allowing us to make all of these awesome podcasts. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Awesome. There we go. Uh, that being said, we will get out of here. We will see you guys next week with episode 77 of the Whatnots Review Show. Bye. Bye.